Hey, Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to Dice Over Everything, the miniature gaming podcast. Yeah, so I know this is more of a problem you have than I have, but I know every miniature gamer has this issue. And it's, it's basically the backlog. Mm-hmm. So I've seen your collection of miniature backlog, which is just like mm-hmm. walls and walls of stuff and boxes mm-hmm. boxes. And I mean, I have boxes and boxes of stuff too, but I generally try and keep it under more control. But just lately, <laughs> I've lately I've found I've just been inclined to, you know, acquire more and a few. Yeah, I've wanted to acquire a few more armies, and then I've started the process of doing it. Mm-hmm. So my backlog has become longer. And I've just been like, okay, I don't want to not buy these miniatures. I do want to buy all these miniatures and play with them. Mm-hmm. But I I paint rather slowly, which you know, you paint faster mm-hmm. than I do. So yeah. I'm like, okay, I've got to I've got to. Yeah, do I have something. a lot more unpainted miniatures, but I have also a lot more painted miniatures too. Yeah, exactly. Your rate of painting is higher. So I don't know. It's it's almost as if the time my backlog time is about the same length as yours now, possibly. Just because we're working on a game and I'm like, oh, I want to buy miniatures for this, but it's like, how long is this going to take me to paint all of them? So I think the question of this podcast might be like, how to deal with that. Yeah, sure. Let's go through it. The topic for this one can be painting faster. And you, specifically you, mm-hmm. Brandon, <laughs> Brandon should paint faster. Uh, and anyone that's listening, if you want to get any tips or stuff like that, we can uh, go through with it. Go through it. I know we've talked about this topic a lot in bits and pieces, but mm-hmm. um, I think, first of all, it's useful to come back, you know, because we're always learning tips and tricks, right? Uh, to talk about it and then just kind of summar- summarize the catalog. So, um, so yeah, I think, so I think let's just, start. So what are your, what's your general way of painting quickly right now? Oh, it's just literally cutting steps out. So because my normal painting steps involve like minimum two shadow, two different shadow colors, two different highlight colors, black lining, edge lining, maybe some tint colors. That's like, that's the minimum for what I'm trying to paint, like good quality. But obviously, just with that sheer number of steps, that takes time. That's going to mm-hmm. take like eight hours of miniature. If there's, if it's a mm-hmm. fairly detailed miniature like Infinity, Malfo, other stuff that I like to paint. So mm-hmm. the key comes, the very first thing for me is obviously just cutting out some of those steps. Yeah. I think there's, um, I guess it's it's the the kind of thing like for every, um, for kind of anything that you work on is that. The last 10% takes 90% of the time. So mm-hmm. if you can cut out just like 10%, you can probably speed up. Maybe Usually they say 80-20. So the last 20% takes 80% of the time. But if you cut out like 20, the last, the most time consuming 20%, you will get an 80% miniature. And this is one of those things, I, I don't know if you've remember back, back in the day, people would always talk about like, or maybe they still talk about it, tabletop quality versus display quality. Yep. And you'd have different... I guess this is back when, you know, nowadays you play skirmish quali- skirmish games, so you can paint all of your skirmish models. It's it's not crazy to put in a whole bunch of effort to paint every single one of your skirmish models, right? Mm-hmm. But back when we were painting larger armies, right, especially for something like uh, if you're playing orcs or some sort of spam army in Warhammer 40,000 or in um, some fantasy game, 
there's just too many models, right? You're like one army can be like hundreds, or if you do like Napoleonic, like well, hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many people paid thousands of models, so I'll say generally don't go for a thousand, right? But like when we did that, you would paint a different level of quality for your your line troopers versus your characters, right? Yes, that's the usual way it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know you just gotta put that to heart when you're trying to paint them. Now the thing is, we're painting skirmish models, right? But we play so many different games and we have so many different models. We don't necessarily need to put in the eight hours for everything, right? So the idea, at least for me, that I've kind of come to is that a lot of my miniatures are just the painting part is just fun right mm-hmm. and i buy miniatures i paint them up i look at them and and sometimes i play them once sometimes i don't even play them and i put them in a box and i never play with them right but that act of painting is fun right mm-hmm. and so when you do that you just basically stick to the part the steps that are fun and you ditch the rest of the steps that are just kind of tedious but are required to make something look better yeah so i think the first thing to say about like yeah we're talking about painting faster there's obviously you can just throw more hours at it but mm-hmm. if it becomes a slog like that and you're just throwing hours into it <clears throat> it's becoming work so. yeah exactly so like the more fun you have i feel like the, although i guess technically it's not the more less time you have but the less time <clears throat> it feels like for sure so mm-hmm. um, yeah the other thing that sort of brings up this topic is like the whole idea of contrast paints which is i think what mm-hmm spurred my thoughts of like how can you paint faster yep and obviously that whole thing of doing like the contrast paint is like it's basically doing a thin glaze to achieve things Mm -hmm. that's that is like the main method to like speed up painting that i can suggest but i wouldn't say that necessarily contrast paints are the the go-to for that method yeah so I think there was an issue with the GW line um, in that it was an inconsistent line. Like, they sold it as contrast paint, so you would assume that all the paints act roughly similar, mm-hmm. but they did not. And so some were, like, you had to use them differently than the others, Others, right? Yeah, and also, like, I think we've talked about this before, and lots of other people, if you go listen to their videos on contrast paints, they work really well on textured surfaces, but when you get to smooth surfaces, they're going to leave blotchiness, and they don't—they yeah. don't let you get a transition the way you would really want to. So th- they're not the be-all and end-all at all. Yeah, I guess it's the kind of thing. Is like there are certain. So I think we talked before on the podcast about um, transparent paints by Vallejo, um, and they, the transparent line is very small for Vallejo. I think it's, it's just the primary. It's just the rainbow <laughs> colors. So they have like a green, an orange, yellow, uh, red, and a blue, and a, and do they have a black? No, they don't. Have They've black. got us. They have smoke as well. I was just using it earlier today. Do they have smoke? Yep. Leo. Okay. So they these are like transparent paints. So they're not billed as contrast paints, but they're basically highly pigmented washes, right? And close to inks, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, so they're really they're really um good for tinting something and and you can actually color let's let's say you want a blue right you can use either a contrast paint or you can use these transparent colors uh to lay that blue right and then because it has a a high viscosities it'll 
it will not just lay on the on the surface. It'll kind of like a wash, right? It'll kind of seep into the crevices. But because it's so high pigment, it will leave everything tinted blue, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, and you can even add you know, medium or something like that to get it the right texture that you want, right? And I guess this is one of those things. It's like, if you're able to understand the different kind of mediums and stuff like that, you can add or even just mixture of washes, uh, transparency, like the contrast, right, which is a similar kind of thing somewhere in between, uh, and normal paints, and you can mix them correctly, you can get the right kind of texture you want to apply something kind of quickly and get the 80% there with like a wash or whatever, or for the shading portion, right? So you kind of get the shading and the base coat kind of in one right mm-hmm. the, the entire point of the contrast the sale of the contrast is that you can it's basically saying you don't have to do the the base coat and then wash you can just do the wash and it it it'll complete it you can be a little bit more sloppy because you apply it like a wash right yeah my my thing though with the contrast paints is i, I probably would have gotten them but they come out slightly shiny which is just the non-starter oh, for man. me. You, so you literally just apply a mat afterwards. Yeah, I don't apply mats afterwards. That's still too shiny. No deal. Anyhow, they, they're not. They're literally not. This is to me. This Jeez. is a mental, a mental block in your head. If you have a correct uh, mat, it will turn white before it turns shiny. Yeah. I've, I've taken to using matte varnishes. On yeah. metallic, non-metallic metal painted surfaces to give them a bit of shine. Anyhow, I think your mats that you're using, then uh, I don't know if you don't mix them enough, mix them up, or if you're using crappy ones. But matte is actually matte. Yeah, that's the Leo stuff. No, I'll show you. I'll, I'll take it and I'll apply it to some of your miniatures, and you will see that it, it it's not. It definitely makes it matte, and it will. If you put too much of it on, it won't become shiny. It will become uh, really? cloudy. It'll become cloudy. Mm-hmm. That's the issue, not the fact that it becomes shiny. Anyhow. Yo, man, this is part of the thing that helps you do paint it faster. <laughs> you no. have to be okay to go out of your comfort zone. No. If you're, all right, all right. Okay, so we've got to work within this. I've done, so lots of, I've done lots of things to get around this issue. Don't worry. I know. We can go into this, it. This, this mental block. But for all the listeners out there... Mm-hmm. If you have a problem with some sort of wash because it's shiny, get a mat. Um, my favorite mat is actually the Army, pa- Army Painter mat. Um, I have got some clouding. I've had some clouding issues when I've used Vallejo and also some art ones. Uh, when I've been a little bit too sloppy, right? It'll pull into the into the recesses and then become cloudy. Um, but I've never had a problem with the uh, matte varnish for um army painter so i always use that one all right well maybe i'll pick that one up i'm not actually against army painter and we'll go we can go into some of the techniques <laughs> about speeding things up that involve army painter just not because it's army painter just because of price honestly yeah so i guess the big thing is the normal way you paint what the, that, that you want to paint if you want to paint to a high level in general is you know you prime your model then you base coat your model and then you will do shades and then you will work up to highlights or 
you will do highlight. No, you generally you do shades and then work up to highlights. Yeah, only. But some people do weird thing where you do highlights and then you go down to shades and then you go back up to highlights. So the only time I usually do highlights. You do something akin to that. Yeah, the only time I do highlights first is where I'm painting non-metallic metal and I want to establish where the glint is. Then I'll do some of the highlighting first, a little bit, not all of it, and then switch back to the shadows. But that's for a very specific thing where you're trying to create an effect. Yeah, and then you touch up your highlights and then you do your white lining. Sometimes you do then your white lining and black lining last, right? And so that's your normal thing. When you want to cut things out, I feel like I honestly, depending on like this is this is why we we went into the um, the uh, Vallejo transparent colors is that sometimes for certain colors I can get away with just using a wash or a uh, uh, a contrast color right or use contrast to color the thing, but in general I have found even with contrast. Um, is or, or or trying to use uh glazes right to, to color something mm-hmm. uh generally having <laughs> some sort of base color is a good idea and then using the contrast paint as a high pigment tint wash right so let's say I, yep so it's basically letting you paint the shadows and sort of washing into the recesses at the same time yeah and also tinting so you are so, you, so you are applying it everywhere to create a tint all over. Uh yeah, sometimes. Yeah. So okay, so I guess by doing that you're actually because it allows you to apply it everywhere, so you don't have to be as precise. Because if you're trying to apply paint to just specific areas mm-hmm. and then achieve blends, then yeah, that all doing all of that takes time. So yeah, so it it really depends, like I said, on on the color, right? Like I have really liked so so I don't <laughs> use many like i i use a bit of of gw paints generally i didn't really like them that much i didn't like the colors and the colors that that worked i I guess i do like a couple of their their browns and their like skin colors um but i wasn't that fond of the entire range they have a new range which might be better uh but i've actually really liked a bunch of the colors from the um army painter line first of all they're a lot cheaper from their speed paint line? Yeah, from the speed paint mm-hmm. line, which is the same kind of thing. Um, first of all, they're a lot cheaper, and I do feel like they're more kind of consistent. Yeah, because these these paints are actually fairly thin, so you go through them really quickly. Like your normal paints, like your typical paints, you've got to water them down a lot, so they go they go pretty far. If you're trying to achieve like you do your standard painting with two thin coats minimum to mm-hmm. achieve a base coat, you're watering down your usual Vallejo Army painter. I'm not going to say GW, but Reaper, most paints, you're putting a fair amount of, not a lot of water, but you're trying to get them to a milky consistency is usually how people describe it, which yeah. means your paint is actually being stretched pretty far. Whereas with mm-hmm. things like contrast paints, speed paints, washes, you actually yeah. you burn through them really quickly because you're applying them at almost full yeah. consistency. That's actually true. It is. You definitely burn through it uh, faster. I've been really falling in love with the black uh, for... Uh, for the speed paint one yeah and actually it's the black that i basically i'm using a lot so i used to have like a black wash um but it just wasn't black enough and i felt like getting in those recesses with the with the uh like i would often take the black wash and then add actual black paint into it um but that basically is you, you get the same kind of uh thing as you just using the speed paint black 
right? Right? It's just like a higher pigment black, and then it kind of goes into the recesses and tints everything to a darker black color, right? So I, I really enjoy using that um, for my miniature painting to, to quickly paint uh, black <laughs> mm-hmm. or things that are uh, significantly darker, right? Um, I yeah, also mix it with... Yep. Because black lining is actually a, a really... It's a pretty long step to do because you need to aim for the specific spot you're going for. Like if you're going to compare doing black lining versus edge highlighting, because in both of those you're trying to create lines on your miniature. Mm-hmm. With edge highlighting, you can kind of just use the edge of your brush and run the side of the brush along the surface you're trying to create the edge highlight. So you don't have to be as precise about aiming where the brush is going. But with black lining, you have to have the tip of the brush go into the groove and you're applying, you have to apply the paint like, it's a very, it's a much more precision-oriented step, and that I means it tell takes you, time. I don't black line. Well, there you go. See, this is we're talking about how you paint faster, and if you're not black yeah, lining at I all, that's always. A, I, I almost never black line, except for when I did, you know, some tags and some things that I wanted to make look a little bit nicer. So, um, so basically, those are bigger scale things where you're really going to see the black lining. Whereas if you're working at a small scale, you're like, eh, no one's really going to see this nah, that much. It's literally, it really is just effort. Okay. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just like, like you said, uh, black line is a difficult what step. You yeah. Get out of the black line compared to a wash. First of all, sometimes the wash looks better, right? Not often though. But like, uh, no, actually, sometimes. I, it's a look, right? You have a different kind of look when you do the wash. It's a little bit more soft, right? In terms of, and I don't think it necessarily looks worse, especially if you end up doing the white lining anyways. Um, you don't necessarily need, I, I don't know, the black line is just a lot of effort for, like you said, for a lot less payoff, and especially mm-hmm. for something <clears throat> that you can literally mimic to 80% with a black wash, right? Yep. So you generally have to black wash earlier on because it'll tint everything a little bit, right? Which means you have to go back and like uh, slightly cover up, you know, the the tinting on the raised parts. But I, that I find a lot easier than just trying, like you said, hit those black lines in between. Mm-hmm. So, yep. so yeah, with the faster yeah. painting I've done lately, the black lining has always been cut off. Whereas if I'm painting like as I said, I told you the steps that I use for decent painting, which involves multiple shadows, multiple highlights, black lining, edge highlighting, yep. tinting. So, but the black lining, I find, is one of the first steps that you can lose and people don't see it. Yeah, I think this is also one of those things: is what what kind of style do you want your model to look like? Right? There's a bunch of different styles, and some are harder than others to do. Like if you do large block or block colors. That's actually not so, to a certain level, that can be actually, if you do it in a certain way, it can be relatively easy, right? Yeah, we're, thinking, you, we're thinking comic yeah. book style, or just like painting Gundams, where like the colors, there's less yes. shading, but you want yes. the edges but they have to be precise. It has to be precise, right? So if that's your kind of style, technically, you just have to paint cleanly, Right. And that doesn't necessarily take a long time if you just do it one time, but then you can't expect there to be a lot of deep shadows, right? Because that is the thing that requires in that kind of style to... Um, it's got to be smooth. 
yeah it makes it, you have you have to make it significantly smoother um which makes it a lot harder to do um but if you're okay with having the block style with a lot less shading right maybe you do the block and then you just apply very thin washes and then you do your white lining mm-hmm. and then you don't worry about the fact that you know the guy's shoulder pad is not a blend right because usually when you do that style uh the the blend like the the gradient right for the shadow is very slight anyways just get rid why do you need the shadow right Mm -hmm. just do the 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 wash on the corner and everything so you have an even lighter shadow just around the corner and then white line and then yes the entire shoulder pad is the same color but like if you choose a good it it will have that clean kind of look right and then when you have the white lining when you have a a a good choosing of color Mm -hmm. a good choice of color it can look really good by itself right yeah, because the edge highlighting is actually what really draws your eye. Because often you'll be using a lot of, it'll be really contrasted to what's below it. So mm-hmm. if you have really cleanly done edge highlighting and mm-hmm. white lining, whatever you want to call it, that yep. you see that so much and it defines the edge yeah. of the whole thing. So I f- yep. find that that step you actually have to keep. Maybe you don't do it everywhere though, if you're trying to speed it up. You may just omit it in some places where you might otherwise do it, like bottom edges of things. You'll see a lot yeah. of like <clears throat> studio painted stuff, and you're like, well, this doesn't. Why is there edge highlighting along the bottom of something? You don't like normally you don't get that from light that's coming from above, but just mm-hmm. from like an artistic's perspective, it brings out the edges of all the sort of pieces of a model by sometimes doing edge highlighting on the undersides of things, and that's so it cuts from the ground. Yeah. But that's that's also one thing that can easily be skipped in that step of edge highlighting. Yeah, basically being selective in the lines that you do, right? You don't have to hit every single edge highlight. No, just the prominent locations and where you want to draw attention to. You can yeah. you can just skip a whole and, bunch and of And sometimes areas. you might figure out that you are actually edge highlighting too much, right? Because if you edge highlight, if there's too many highlights, you kind of like make the miniature like um i don't know it's all over the place where everything is detailed then nothing is detailed so you have Mm -hmm. no place to draw your eye right when you have well like when you look at artists right like an actual artist pieces they don't try necessarily to make everything super detailed right because that's not that's actually a bad piece right if you don't have the ability to look at one you know concentrate on one spot Right. Sometimes you want the background to be actually less detailed so that it draws your eye to the important parts. And yeah, so, it's literally blurred out. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Right. And this is people that are, you know, paid professionally and they're literally, you know, they can. OK, sometimes it's doing they're because they're it's lazy. But like <laughs> if they're on a deadline or something, they have to, to, to push out a piece. But like oftentimes they're doing it because that is actually the best looking thing. Right. So. You don't actually have to put in extra hours. Like it's basically no when to stop, right? No when to keep things not filled in and choosing what you what you need to do. And you only do that though by, by practice, right? You only figure that out by practice and trying out and, and seeing, right? It's like you said before, you can achieve eighty percent of it through twenty percent of the step. Yeah. And then like if you do that a whole bunch, you might figure out that actually some of that twenty percent you're putting in actually made the model worse right 
I feel like that's that's some of the things that I've been sometimes do where I try to add too much like too even sometimes too much smoothness, right? For a while there for painting there was this whole obsession with butter smooth blends. Yeah, people were getting into airbrushing like, all the time to achieve it. Yeah. Yeah, as if that is like the ideal way to paint. But if you followed, let's say, comic book art for a while, like um, I, maybe this is fr- from a different field, but basically when digital painting started hitting comic books, uh, you would do – everyone used the airbrush tool, right? And you would look at it and you'd be like, we're losing something, right? And it would never also look – and, and when you had, like, even beautiful, like, airbrushed, quote-unquote, airbrush covers, right, where everything was super buttery smooth and the blends were perfect, they looked worse than a traditionally painted cover. Yep. Even though you could see the paint marks, right? And that's a thing that I think we went through in miniature gaming. And I feel like some people, you know, get stuck on that and they're like, oh, it has to be butter smooth. That That's that's a style. That's something that is a good ability to actually do. But you don't necessarily... You don't even necessarily want that for a lot of things. Like one of the things is if you make your cloak super butter smooth, mm-hmm. where you won't get the texture of the cloak, right? Cloak, cloak is generally supposed to be cloth, right? You have cloth that you're supposed to have some sort of thing. And if you make it a little bit more, um, what do you call it? A little bit more rough, you can hint of the fact that it is a more rough texture, right? Yeah, so just getting into the whole thing that – because we're talking about obviously – Talked a lot about doing the shadows, mm-hmm. which I think is one of the steps that, like, doing the shadows is not something that you can skip. Like, you, you lay a base coat down of some way, whether it's contrast or something else. But doing some sort of shadow color, I find, is something you shouldn't skip. But just talking about the highlights, I think highlights are one of the things that you can actually, if you're if you're using quick painting techniques, we'll, I guess we'll go into those later. But the highlights are something you can usually skip out on a bit more. But with what you're talking about, doing things smoothly and not doing things smoothly, you know, with any like texture or natural surface, when you're doing your highlights, you, you don't need to be smooth at all because those surfaces aren't smooth. You can often just do like dabs on them. You can do like hatch marks on them because if it's fabric, mm-hmm. fabric actually has like a grain to it. So, yeah. okay, you're not painting the exact like... 200 thread count but the fact that you put just a couple of lines as the edge highlight yeah. like from far away people will interpret it oh that's that's something that's textured so mm-hmm. you really don't need to be achieving smooth highlights often on anything that's textured yeah and and like you said oftentimes that painting it in that way is faster than trying to make that smooth transition right yeah, so um, I guess we, we kind of mentioned this, but like I, I just wanted to emphasize uh, one of the issues I have is that with painting quickly is just letting go. Like, mm-hmm. just do not expect. I think I kind of I'm trying to be saying this in different ways, but like, let go of the idea that it's going to be perfect. Yeah, like I just speed painted a bear this afternoon, maybe 45 minutes. It's mostly textured, so it's easy. But with a lot of the techniques of using washes, you don't have that much control over it. So maybe I wanted a really thin line of wash in some areas, but that's just not how the area behaved. And you just have to let it go and be like, yeah, there's this giant wide dark area around some crevices. And I just, I can't not make the paint do that without spending an egregious amount of time to stop those little spots. So, 
Yeah, so just be just be okay with it. Like you I think one of the things is we have an idea, especially once we, I guess this is this is a good problem to have, but once you get to a level of painting where you can paint something that you're really proud of, like a hero, that you're like, this is like a really high quality paint job, I really enjoy it. Or maybe it's not a high quality paint job, but it's like a high quality paint job for you and you really enjoy it. And you and you know you can paint up to that level. And then you go back and you're mm-hmm. like, okay, so I painted my captain, my space marine captain. This guy looks amazing. And then I go back to painting my space marines. And I'm like, oh my god, I have to paint 30 of these guys. Like you just, it just drains the energy out of you. Mm-hmm. So being okay with when and and like it's like a damned if you do, damned if you don't thing, right? Because if you try to paint it as good as your captain, your, your brain is gonna explode, right? It's gonna start becoming feeling like a like tedium work, right? But uh and you're not gonna finish if you have and you're not gonna finish then you're not gonna have your painted miniatures right but then you feel like oftentimes like if you paint it sloppier you have this idea of like oh i could paint better right um understand i think one of the things is like you need to understand that uh everyone's ability to paint fast miniatures is also a skill like when you compare what i mean is like you compare your captain that's like high quality and you compare it to like that really good painter at your store or whatever and you compare your captain to their infantry and you're like oh this is roughly the same quality right Mm -hmm. and then so you have this idea that oh you know i I can paint at least that good but then you want to go paint your space marines and your space marines don't get up up to the level of their their space marines because you're mass painting the space marines so like you just kind of have to get the idea that, like, sure, your captain might be as good as their their line infantry, but when you paint quickly, it's not going to be as good as their line infantry, mm-hmm. even though you have a model that you painted that is as good as that. So, like, just that mindset of being like, I'm painting quicker. It's fine that it's not as good. Uh, I just want to get the stuff painted, right? Just concentrate on that thing and also be okay with, you know, just because it's not the best thing you can you you can paint it looks pretty good right mm-hmm. even if you paint it quick quickly yeah no you should you should aim to make the models look pretty good and if yeah like there's make, certain make tech- it so you're happy with them <laughs> mm-hmm. but they don't have to be like super good right and be okay with that difference and the other thing that's a secret that i lie to myself about just like when i buy a new box of miniatures and i'm like oh yeah i'll totally need these um is I lie to myself as well and say, okay, so I've painted it up to a decent quality. I'm going to varnish it. And you know what? I can come back. I can always come back if I want to and make it, like, paint it a little bit more, right? Clean up these things, do more lining, more whatever. I never do. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, sometimes I do. But, like, I almost never do. And that's okay. But it allows me to, like, push forward and be like, oh, it's done enough, right? It's It's enough. It's enough right mm-hmm. so to me it's all about like mindset all right so we've talked a lot about mindset do we want to go into some maybe <clears throat> excuse me some more maybe particulars about yeah, how yeah. to like sure. get like appreciating steps is what i'm getting at because often those okay, sure. you can do them so you bulk. love appreciating i'm actually not that into appreciating so honestly for infinity i don't appreciate because the painting uh-huh. steps end up covering the whole thing over I was like, well, that was a waste of time. Why'd I appreciate this thing? I'm applying those mm-hmm. two even coats to achieve full coverage. And you're like, oh, the appreciating is gone. Sure. But just like the contrast paints, I almost consider like a form of 
pre-shading too. But mm-hmm. okay, sure. But I think if I think if you were pre-shading even before something like that, that it can add a lot because a lot of people talk about oh you should do zenith as well before, which I know you haven't gotten into, but I've tried to incorporate it a bit more. And I know you don't use the airbrush as much, and I honestly, even with Infinity, and people talk about airbrushing Infinity, I've tried it. I didn't like it, so I don't airbrush Infinity either. But I find just for a Xena thing, to get things going, often airbrushing is helpful. I don't think it is, is even the best way to appreciate things, like if you're trying to achieve high quality, but just because you can just aim from above, fire down, and get like the highlights going, it's just so fast that if you're painting bulk miniatures, that it really helps. But if you've got a, like you're painting one miniature and you've got to like set up your whole airbrush for that, I would say no, don't don't waste your time with that. But the biggest thing I found for doing pre-shading to speed things up is to take a black wash and just wash the entire miniature to start with. Because mm-hmm. you then like getting we talked about that one of the hardest steps to do that you can often skip the most is black lining. By washing the entire miniature in some like black tone or like deep brown or whatever really fits the scheme of your army that you've then got all those recesses that might be hard to hit with your brush and that maybe the primer didn't get all the way like into them you then turn those black so you don't have to come back at the very end and be like oh i didn't get black lining there i didn't get shadow in there you start off by just washing the whole miniature and trying to focus like you're not just smearing it everywhere try to focus it so you get more on the lower spots in the shadows because whenever you're painting normally, you can you try and get more paint some places to achieve glazes. Mm-hmm. But like I find doing that wash step first means that you're not going to be like, oh, I missed this this black lining later. So I highly emphasize okay. doing that. And then the other thing that the airbrush is quick for, but you don't necessarily have to use an airbrush, is that often when you have like better painted miniatures, you see there's like more interesting tones in the shadows. You don't just have like, oh, I painted brown, so I just have a darker brown in the shadows. When you look at more artistic pieces, you're like, oh, there's like blues going on the shadows, there's greens going on the shadows, purples going on the shadows. Mm-hmm. But obviously, if you have to paint that directly on there as a future step, that's going to take you time. Whereas if you go before you've ever started painting anything, you can be messy at this stage. Take <laughs> like take take that dark color you want. Like it depends if you have like a really fantasy army. Maybe you want to be like purples in your shadows, or maybe if it's just like out in the desert, maybe you want to be like a dark greenish brown or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then just like shade all, <laughs> excuse me, shade all the lower areas with that after you've done that dark wash. So mm-hmm. that when, say, if you use contrast paints or just thin paints after that, that other tone that you want to sort of be prevalent in your miniature for the shadows is already there, but it's not requiring you to be precise because like the, the whole theme I think of this is that any step that requires you to be precise is just going to take lots of time because yep. you can screw it up. It's got to be yep. clean. Yeah, I think that's one of the often the issues with um, contrast paint style painting. It can actually be quite fast because you are just like glazing each of your pieces. But you have to be very precise. And if you make a mistake, it can be a pain in the butt to go back and fix. Yeah. So I think it's important to be able to mix the color that you are contrasting. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so you can all, this is, I guess, one of the things that I like the, um, 
the Vallejo transparent uh, paints because they're a lot thick. They're, they're, they're very heavy paints, and you can mix them with, like, a shade and then apply them to get a rough, like, the color that was actually there before, right? Mm-hmm. So you can actually color match because there's so much paint. Whereas a lot of the contrast paints, and I feel like you can kind of do the same thing with the, um, the not the color, the speed paints, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like a bunch of the contrast paints, at least the old line, it, maybe it was maybe it's the thing of like certain ones kind of suck and certain ones are okay. It was a lot harder to color match using the contrast paint. Right when you're trying to touch things up, you literally just have to use something different to, to touch things up. Yeah, because because in those techniques you're relying on what's below showing through, and if you screw up the step before, you can't just mix the particular colors together. Like if you're gonna, I guess for beginner painters, maybe you just want to like mix the color and then you apply it there, and that's where you get the color. But once you start learning more how the paints behave. You start relying more on just things showing through from below once you get better brush control and paint control. So, but for beginner painters, like that, it's going to be harder yeah, so, to get to get the paint yeah. applied consistent, get the paint to apply exactly how you want it, without expecting you have to go back and touch things up. So, but the thing about contrast is it's hard to go back and touch things up, but it makes things so fast that once you get better at painting, you have to use those sort of techniques of allowing your layers below to show through to paint at any speed. You can't just be like, I'm going to paint this color right in this spot. You've got to rely on just like mm-hmm. thin paints showing through. Hmm. I don't know. That's... I think the ability to touch things up is actually quite important to be able to, to paint quickly. Because mm-hmm. I think one of the issues is that painting very uh painting something like in one pass does i guess this is one of those measure once cut twice kind of things or touching up like mm-hmm. it's like we said it takes a lot of time and effort to paint very very precisely right yep. and so i've found it's faster and more easy to paint things uh less tightly as long as you can go back and touch it up mm. to me that is like just easier and faster overall yeah just um and so yeah yeah just the thing with the whole like zenith and contrast paint method that people have been pushing for more lately that doesn't it's really hard to go back and touch that sort of thing up well you have to basically choose colors where you know how to color match right it's like a color matching your wall kind of thing right um you might have gotten, like this is what I'm saying, like you might have got the effect originally, like most of your model, you get the effect from the contrast paint, right? O- applied over the thing. But let's say you made a mistake here and, and, and went over, right? You, one way that people say is you can paint it white and then go over again. Or if you know how to color match it and mix that kind of paint, that color, like with a normal like uh, paint, you just paint over it, right? And touch it over. And yeah. even if it's not a, like, you know, it often it, it'll look, fine yeah well with, as i said with the steps i use for painting infinity where i paint like certain shadow colors and certain highlight colors that you can then yeah you know how to mix to get it back so for painting those models I'm like okay i may have screwed up i know how to fix this but the more and more you get into those speed painting techniques the further you are able to just like so Here's the exactly reason why is if you choose so so i'm saying yes initially but you can still color match 
Well, I could, but I almost you color this... match. If you know your palette very, very well, right? Your colors very, very well. Mm-hmm. You will be able to color. You might not be able to, but there is a good. There's a much better chance that you will be able to color match with your normal paints. Mm-hmm. To get that color, right? And it, it might actually have something to do with the type of paints that you use, right? So I've been using, like I said, transparent ones. I have been using transparent ones and that Canadian, whatever the the Canadian paints. Shoot, I already forgot it. But like, there's a paint line again that's like similar kind of transparent colors that I'm using. I really like those a lot more because I can then paint match, right? Anyhow, mistake. Yeah. I found that if I'm actually speed painting things using like the really quick techniques, I'm just like, oh, I screwed up. It's just screwed up. <laughs> I'm painting so many of these. Oh well, that is true. Screw up. I just I just move on. That's that also... is true. If it's a small thing, you can be like, that just adds character to the model, right? Mm-hmm. And you kind of move on. So like this is the kind of thing where your paint style will be can make things faster. For example, I painted um, a bunch of Chaos uh, Space Marine, uh, Nurgle Space Marines, and because they're supposed to be dirty, and I guess it's called like kind of Blanchitsu style, it gives you the ability to be a little more sloppy because that's the kind of look you're actually going for, right? You have these kind of overlapping things, and you have, even if the things overlap, uh, the paint kind of overlaps a little bit and gets out of the, like, uh, uh, like in the wrong place you can kind of it kind of adds to the kind of look that you're going for because the actual look is supposed to be a little bit more messy right yeah. and i think the comic book style where you you have very very you basically use a black ink right you you, you basically do block colors and use a black ink to make everything kind of punch out very very a lot that's the kind of thing where you can also be a little bit more sloppy right because also then you can always use the, the main color that you have to touch things up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know what it is. You just apply it directly. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So I guess your your what what is I guess let's let's do the actual. So we've talked about a, a bunch of things. We've, we've touched through a whole bunch of of different kind of topics and ways that we do it. Walk me through your current way to do a fast paint job. All right, so I basically start off by priming gray. And as I said, okay. I wash the whole thing basically with a black wash. Okay. And then take the airbrush and then zenith it from above. And maybe if it's got more texture to it, just take the dry brush and just dry brush the texture to get it brought back okay. up to like a whiterish color. What color do you use? Just like an off white. Uh, like, like an off white, okay. not pure white. Like an Generally off-white. an off white. Yeah, because okay. the white's, white's often too intense. Like it's, it's usually got a bit of yellowish to it, basically, but not, it's okay, not very so yellow. yellowish white. Yep. Okay. And okay, do, you, do you mix that, or do you have a specific color that's an off-white with yellow? It's usually just called off-white. If it's Vallejo, okay. it's just called off-white, or it's just some airbrush color that's a little off-white. So okay. I sometimes have to mix it, just to mix a bit of yellow in with it. Then take like whatever that particular army's color of like whatever tone I want in the shadows. And then I'll take some army painter wash just because uh-huh. it basically just like contrast paint. I think it's got a lot of retarder in it that lets you just work it around for a long time. So it's not drying and it's going into the recesses 
because it's got mm-hmm. the flow improver in it, in it. And then add maybe a bit of like airbrush paint to that. And all just has fine pigments. It has fine pigments, so you can you can spread it really thin as well, and it behaves properly. So just choose that dark color of that, like some dark blue, blue, dark brown, dark purple, and then apply that into the shadows to sort of pre-shade all the shadows. And I basically paint all the shadows on the miniature first using that. And you can be really messy painting the shadows because you're going to paint over the whole thing anyways. So like normally when you paint shadows and you want them to appear directly, you've You've got to be like you've got to get blends going on with that and everything else. Whereas if you know you're going to go over it afterwards, you don't have to be as as detailed with it. So that's uh-huh. that's the setup of the whole thing. Then I basically move to doing what's mostly like using contrast paint, except we don't have to go with the fact that I don't like the, the contrast paints themselves, but do something that's very similar to doing a contrast paint, but of the base color. So often because your regular paints, like your Vallejo Model Color, your Reaper, are a bit too thick, that if you tried like applying them right over that, you would hide a lot of that pre-shading work you've done. I tend to use airbrush colors, I mean, because often the pigment, as we said, the pigment that's finer, you can spread them really thin to do like more of a glaze. Or if you just want something right out of the bottle, obviously GW offers you contrast paints, Army Painter offers you speed paints. But I found I can achieve something fairly similar to that using airbrush paints and possibly even adding in a bit of, like, wash to it just to give it... Which wash do you you add? I just use use Army Painter wash. Which one? Oh, literally any color that goes with... Goes with whatever color you're doing. Whatever it goes with, yeah. Or if you want tinted Yeah, so you might use a blue if you're doing whatever, or you're trying to tint it a different color. Yeah. Uh, You might use the browns, right? Browns are good shadows anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, You might use the black. Okay, sure. And if that color I happen to want more coverage on, because it needs to be lighter, I'll just add some, like, regular regular type of paint to it to achieve more coverage than the airbrush paint might achieve. And then just Mm -hmm. do one coat of that, making sure Mm -hmm. to allow the colors below to show through. And then actually try to avoid the black lines, like avoid the crevices with it mm-hmm. while painting, so that basically the black lining remains, as opposed to being okay. like an additive step to add the black lines later. I just avoid painting that base color all the way into the shadows. Okay. And then the next step is to actually paint the shadow color. Okay. Just to have more control and to just bring up the smoothness and to do the actual shadow color you want for that area. Because let's say we shadowed everything, the pre-shading was shadow everything purple, but you're doing like an orange area. So maybe you want like a more reddish shadow for that area. So you can't just rely on whatever's there before. So then taking like, taking a lot of like army painter wash, like almost 70% of the mix, 70, 80% will be the wash. Just so you're getting like, it, it has the retarder in it. I think is a lot of the issue and it's got the flow improver and whatever else that makes it flow into the crevices. So using like 70 to 80% wash, then mix a bit of airbrush paint into it and then possibly like some other color if I don't have like the right airbrush paint to do it and then paint Mm -hmm. the shadows. And I'm doing this with two brush blending because I'm able to do that and achieve smooth blends with minimal time, but you don't necessarily have to do two brush blending for this. It just, it means you can go faster and get smooth blends by doing that technique. Okay. And then because the highlights are basically showing through from painting like from painting over Zenith with the base coat and letting the letting that Zenith underneath show through. So the shade is the the base coat? No, there's there's a base coat which is thin, 
but then the shade is just a separate, different color. So you do the shade first and then the base coat? No, I do the base coat. I do the base coat first. Okay, just so I, don't, I didn't realize you mentioned you did the base coat. So you do the base coat first. Yeah, using using airbrush paint or something that's similarly really thin. Because watering okay. down the paint, won't, so you, it often won't behave yeah. the right way that you want it to. Or you could just use contrast paint, because I'm pretty sure that would behave the right way too. Or speed paint. Okay. To do your okay. base coat. Because mm-hmm. your and whole objective you the, of this... The shade with, a, that, with the red and, and more wash. The 70% wash with the red for the shade. If you were doing like a, like an orange or a brown or something you want, like... Okay. If you want a different... Because you don't necessarily, for all that pre-shading step you did with like one color for the whole model that particular color you're painting in that area will probably want a bit of a different shadow color than what you've done the whole model with but you still let a bit of that other shadow color show through just to give like more interesting colors and depth to the colors going on the model but you you're just not having to do that whole step and you basically as well with this this step you can apply it more because the the base coat step i try and avoid hitting the black lining because that's a thicker paint, and it will cover over a bunch of that pre-shading wash that's everywhere. But then when it comes to doing the shadow color, because it's basically 70 to 80% some dark color of wash mixed with, like, usually airbrush paint or just really thin down paint, that that can then, you can be really messy with that because it's a dark color and end up bringing the paint right into the recesses because it's just going to be dark as well. So you don't have to be really clean with that. You're just applying it to sort of the shadow areas and then just all the way down to the recesses. But you do have to do a bit of a bit of blends sometimes for where it goes up okay, to like and two brush blending to make it faster. Yeah. Okay. And, and then two brush blending just quickly is you have your one one brush that you use to apply your paint. Mm-hmm. So you have a second brush that's wet that you use to feather it to to do that blend blend. Yes. So that Some... having the second brush allows you to uh, not have to wash out your brush when you try to feather it. Yeah, and you don't have to get the exact right amount of paint on your brush either. You just feather it off with the second brush. Like mm-hmm. ideally, you hold them both in one hand, but it's not absolutely necessary. It's just faster if yeah, you can. You don't, you, you don't need to hold it on one one end. No, as long as you can switch swap them quickly. Yep. And then because the goal was to have left a lot of that pre-shading and like zenith showing through, I just don't paint a highlight. There's just because painting the highlight, you need to get it's much harder to make it smooth. And with the shadows, you can just drag the paint right down into the recesses. And so you're not trying to paint like along one particular area. You just smear the paint down into the recesses and then blend the top off. You then just leave the leave the zenith showing through, which then it's creating your highlight. So you just I skip the highlight step if I'm trying to paint quickly. Or the other thing is if it's textured and I do want a bit of highlight. Mm-hmm. As we've talked about before, the last step is usually always doing an edge highlight. But you, if you've got, say, a textured surface, you or even if you want to do glint lines on something that's metal, you can take that edge highlight color and then either do like maybe some stippling, maybe do some lines on things like fabric and textured areas. Uh-huh. Or if it's like glint, you can do just like sharp lines of glint or like X's. If you take a lot of like take a look at Infinity for how their studio will often paint things that are smooth metal you'll see they paint like a line of glint along like a color that's metal, not even necessarily like NMM, just like say it's metal red. They'll put like a line of just like off white through it to let your eye know that that's actually like having a lot of reflections and not just at the edges, even in the middle of it. Yeah. So you can do that to like 
medal areas and then just do like the edge highlights on everything else and just for like the main up the highest areas usually with edge highlighting so okay i gotta say your like fast painting still seems like a lot (laughs) yeah but i like i I, like the result of it and it's mostly just it's not that many steps it's and it doesn't require high accuracy. None of these steps are requiring like significant accuracy. I think accuracy that one of the, the keys paintbrush. is that it doesn't require high accuracy. Yep. Um, that helps speed it up. Even though there are, I would say, like actually quite a few steps, a lot mm-hmm. of them are like just layering and don't require high brush. Um, yeah, like you said, high brush control. Mm-hmm. You can kind of still stay loose and still get the kind of look that you want. Yes, yeah, so you're painting quickly, so if, it's fun. It's not tedious by just that technique. So. Yep. Yeah, for me, I guess I'll go through uh, my kind of formula. I think feel like mine is much more simple. Um, I prime white, mm-hmm. uh, and then I basically block out, like choose wh- where I want to paint my my different portions. Right. So so if you choose a a decent enough. Uh, color scheme where where the lines where 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 each piece is like just defined based on the color it helps sell the model a lot more like honestly a lot of uh i feel like a lot of good color like a, a like if you choose a bad color scheme on your model yeah it's going to be a you can make it look good if you just apply a lot of skill onto the paint job right mm-hmm. but if you choose a good paint job like a good uh not a good paint job sorry a, a good color scheme you're already halfway there, right? It's already yeah, very pleasing just having the colors there in those blocks. It doesn't even necessarily have to be smooth, right? As as long as the the colors are chosen correctly. Yeah, so to me, I feel like mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, a good choice of the colors and a good layer is like half the half the job in my opinion. Yeah, so when um, I do my normal quality painting, I actually block out all the colors like two even coats, mm-hmm. and then if areas don't look right because the colors aren't going well together, I'll just go back and repaint things. I might repaint the thing three times for some of the base coat areas, but mm-hmm. yeah, getting that step right is is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So generally, what I do is the first thing I do is so I have a general color scheme that I want to do, and I generally decide where I want to go. And the first thing I do is I use I pick out anything that is going to be very dark, and generally it's some sort of black or some very dark brown, right? And then I say this is what is going to be my uh, darkest colors in the thing, right? And I color those all first, and I use a wash to do it. So I used to put black into a black wash and then add uh, some sort of tint color, either blue or uh, generally just it's going to be blue or yellow, but sometimes brown as well, right, to tint mm-hmm. it. Um, but now I use the, uh, the Army Painter uh, Speed Paint Black, and then mm-hmm. I add colors into that one. So I'll, I'll do the same thing. So just use, use that as the base because it's yep. basically the kind of the same thing. And so then I wash. Yep. So it's very similar to what I talked about for doing that one shadow step. You're using a lot of like wash yep. type paint in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I basically use my. Uh, so, so I use the, I guess the, the contrast paint, but the, or the speed paint is technically what I'm using. Uh, as the base and then I add colors to that to kind of load it to have that kind of tint and then I go through all of my my p- parts that are black right 
Um, once all of those things are kind of blocked out, I have a general kind of idea of, you know, the darkest portions of my model and then the lightest, po lighter portions, right? Um, then I'll go through and just kind of like touch up any kind of issues that I have and also do any highlighting that I want, right? Mm -hmm. For the black. So sometimes if I wanted to do a glinty black, then I'll, I'll go through and do with the white lining and all that kind of stuff and just finish that. So like my blacks are done. And mm -hmm. so I have an idea of where that is. And then I basically just choose, uh, I do them by color, right? And I end up by, the, I start with the darkest colors and then I, I move up, right? So I don't try to wash the entire thing. I just do each block. Uh, and so I start with the, the darkest, the black. And then I'll go with, the, usually, uh, my current paint schemes are blue, but, you know, whatever, whatever color you want to do, right? Um, and... If I want to do a contrast one, right? Because contrast, like, like the tinting kind of technique is actually quite fast. I almost always will uh, color it the with a very light color first, right? So I will do a base coat, right? Mm -hmm. But I choose, I always choose a paint that is pretty solid over white, right? Uh, and I base coat it that color, and that'll end up being my highlight color. So I basically base coat it with my highlight color. Mm -hmm. And then I tint it down with whatever kind of wash, right, that I want. Painting, or I, I've been using a lot of, um, like I said, the transparent paints. And I mix yeah. those with whatever kind of color that I want to have it being exactly like you're saying, right? It's a transparent kind of thing. Just for me, I use transparent paints instead. Mm -hmm. And then I add paints to that. So, all, right? Um so for, for painting bright colors, like the transparent paints are really good for achieving bright colors over top of that, over top of your any sort of like white type pre-shading. So yeah. It's yeah. So I'll, I'll often do it over, uh, so for any kind of reds, I actually use yellow as the base coat, and then I go over that. Yellows, reds, oranges. Uh, well, actually sometimes I just use white to go over with red because the transparent red from uh, Vallejo is really, really good. Um, and, but I do that, that's, that ends up being, because I'm using the, the kind of transparent paint, I give, it gives you a slight kind of, uh, gradient, right? Mm -hmm. Then I wash it, right? If I basically do that with, I actually finish every single block color first. So I do that and then I will, uh, if I want to shade it even darker, I will often just paint it and then feather it. Right. So like just have a dark color and I'll just paint it and then feather feather it out. Or I will take that dark color and add a little bit of the transparent paint to it to make it a little bit more smoother so I can feather it out e easily. Uh, or if it's something that I know I have a wash that really works, I'll just wash it right very quickly. Uh, and then I actually generally do my highlights, right? But it's literally just the base coat that I used in general, right? So it's be a yellow or whatever, and then I just do that uh, on the top, and mm -hmm. then I just do that for every single block, <laughs> and mm -hmm. then uh, of color. Uh, and I guess the thing that that makes it, yeah, that's basically it. It's like it's like the only thing that I'm basically cutting out is. Basically, the two, because I'm using some sort of, of uh, glazer, I guess, mm -hmm. or uh, or having a base coat and then going over it with a glaze, mm -hmm. you don't have to have two thin coats. 
And also, I always use paints. I guess this is one of those things that's like, I choose paints that you only really, that you don't have to do generally two thin coats to go over, right? Mm -hmm. And by going high, then shading it down, and then going back up with the same color, I, I very rarely, unless I go out of the out of the lines and have to paint over a different color, uh, I rarely, very rarely have to have a point where I have to apply like two or three coats to cover over any kind of mistakes. Just because I guess the colors that I'm using, right? Um, and then uh, after I do that, if I want to, I do white some sort of. I, I generally don't do a white white line, but like a, a highlight, a very bright highlight on the on the edges to make it stand out. Okay. That's basically it. Yep. Um, yeah. So I feel like mine is. It's almost. I don't know. I don't know why i think it's actually just the transparent colors that make it a lot faster mm -hmm. and just the choice of the colors that that allows me not to have to go over a bunch of times and then if you use the washes to generally shade as opposed to trying to do the feathering in general yeah. um it just makes it a lot faster to do yeah rather than just trying to paint an opaque color yeah. when you paint an opaque color you have to get the feathering Definitely. Yeah, actually, here's the thing. I think the, the thing that you're mentioning about mixing the paints with the washes so well, is kind of makes it a lot easier to do the uh, the blends mm -hmm. and yeah, putting it, the paint where you want it to. Yeah, because when you're painting with opaque colors, mm -hmm. like you can only do the blend so far. Even if you're good at blending, like if you're doing opaque colors, you're going to have to possibly mix up more colors to get that mm -hmm. gradient going on. Whereas if you go with really thin paints, you can just mm -hmm. possibly just apply two passes. Yeah. But, cer but certain paints are better for this than others. Like, yeah, I think actually the mixing of the, the paints with some sort of wash or transparent or, or, or contrast paint, I think really helps you do it a lot faster. I think there's one of the things when you just when we just did like it depends on the surface right there are certain surfaces where you just want to use a wash and it goes into all the cracks or something like that if it's like a lot of folds or something you just apply the wash you set it and forget it right mm -hmm. uh, and the idea that you're supposed to do with contrast paints right but when you add a little bit of paint to it it actually changes the properties a bit, which allows you to drag the paint a little bit. So you get something in between, I guess, kind of like a contrast and a paint, and it yeah. allows you to kind of mix or, or push the paint onto or, and apply it to where it needs to be. So you don't necessarily have to wash it and then touch it up all, all at the same time, right? You go back immediately and kind of do that, right? Yeah, it's just really good for so, painting shadows, that sort of consistency of paint. Yeah, and then applying it more quickly and getting it to blend in a decent enough blend in one go as opposed to like you said layering a whole bunch of times right mm -hmm. like layer like you know when i when you want to bring it up to the next level you will just stare at the same like honestly you can do the same kind of thing and then if you want to bring it up to the next level then you just literally end up touching it up and layering it to the right you know smoothing everything out but when you're doing it quickly it's good enough in that way yep so is there anything oh yeah another thing that really helps is that i use a bigger brush now i use a two um i would go up to a three but they're kind of expensive for uh 
for uh, what do you for, call it for, for workhorse brush? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for Kalinsky's, a three is kind of expensive. So I generally use twos. Uh, if I use a cheap one, though, I will use like up to a four. It's fine mm-hmm. for a lot of stuff. And then I literally just, when I want to do details like their eyebrows or their mustache and their eyes and stuff, I switch to a one. Mm-hmm. I never use a zero anymore. Yeah. So the other thing that I see a it lot It literally of people, speeds everything up for sure. So one thing I see a lot of people do that I don't completely encourage is to just do dry brushing for highlighting. And, I mean, that's appropriate on, like, fur and stuff like that and maybe hair. But, honestly, it leaves behind a grit. So often, even if you use, like, the right sort of makeup brush style dry brush, it'll leave a bit of grit. So I'm kind of discouraging over that. But the one thing I found that allows you to do it and get rid of a bit of that sort of gritty look to it is to, like, do it as a highlight first and then do that sort of wash shadow over it, which will then hide <clears throat> some of the texture yeah, grittiness of the dry brush. Yeah. Yep. Which I've found for often doing hair. I really like doing that dry brush step. And obviously hair shouldn't have like grittiness to it. But because hair is so easy to dry brush, I find I really do want to do that if I'm trying to paint quickly. But then I'll make sure to do the wash to get the dark lines in between the hairs after that. And then I'll go back and do like some glint on the hair. But most of the highlighting on doing quick painting is actually done by just dry brushing the hair, then washing it to hide the fat. Do you have a dry brush? You have a dry brush. You have, like, dry brushing fucks up your brush, right? So do you have a special brush? Yeah, I have one of the makeup makeup paint style dry brushes. I'm sure it's by Army Painter because I just keep buying a whole bunch of Army Painter. So you didn't bother to just go to, like, the dollar store to get an actual makeup brush? You're like, eh, well, I'm at the game store anyways. Yep, support the game store. Buy Army Painter (laughs) stuff from them. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things where I'm just, like, not that into dry brushing because I'm like, oh, this is going to mess up my brush. But I guess if I had an actual brush I purchased for dry brushing, maybe mm-hmm. I would do it. Yep. All right. Well, next time you go to the game store, you have an excuse to buy something. All right. So I think we've went through our two general things that we, we, we've done. I guess you want to just mention... Well, out of all, we went through a whole bunch of techniques, right, and a whole bunch of things. What are your top three that you would want to wrap up on? If you if you go to someone who, uh, someone comes to you and says, I am painting too slowly, what would your what would be your top three of the th- all the things we mentioned techniques to make to help that person paint faster? So I would say appreciate the miniature one. Okay. Two, use paints that are light contrast paints. But like I said before, the contrast paints aren't step one. Step one is doing some sort of pre-shading. So then contrast paints, and then skip highlighting. There you go. Okay. All right. Not edge highlights. Skip skip like. Mm -hmm. Skip like area highlights. Okay. Not edge edge highlights. Okay. So for me, I'm gonna try and avoid duplicating. So my first one is be okay with crappier paint jobs so you can just get through a backlog is number one uh number two is use a bigger brush i know i just mentioned that uh and uh number three hmm i kind of wanted to go through okay so i got a number three as a different one um Wash the heck out of everything. What? 
That's what you were saying so, before, basically. Uh, yeah, use washes more liberally as... I feel like the, the bigger thing is, like, choose your colors wisely, I guess. You choose the right colors that, that um, uh, that go on easily. Okay. Choose paint, choose paints that have the right coverage for what you're doing. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll say that. Okay. I think, I think that is one of the things, like, I feel like a lot of people, um, just struggle, let's say, with yellows, but then mm-hmm. you should just find a yellow that's good when you paint it. <laughs> That'll really help instead of trying to struggle with the crappy yellows that you have. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I guess that's basically it. So uh, that's our thoughts on how to paint quickly. Hopefully, out of all the things we mentioned, something uh, might pique your interest and uh, help you paint faster because we have so many models. Like, I literally have one that I'm holding right now. A box that's just sitting here beside me, and I'm like, oh my god, I have too many don't, miniatures. Don't so tell yeah, it's war machine. Oh, too late. <laughs> yeah, we got to definitely, I definitely got a painting investor. I have, uh, yeah. So hopefully, I will uh, pick up more. I'll, I'll definitely think about the things that you mentioned, and so yeah, hopefully everyone's learned a little bit and 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 thought about how to paint faster, and hopefully it'll help you out. So if you have any thoughts on that, uh, any tips or any uh, questions about uh, specific things we mentioned, uh, yeah, give us a shout. We can, uh, we'd be happy to uh, talk with you. Uh, you can email us at contact at diceovereverything.com. Or find us on Facebook. We're Dice Over Everything. This has been Alan. It's from Brandon. Bye.